on. I'm on three seats. <laughs> Look, there goes the game. You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Lily Deerworth, and thanks for joining us for the special senior-focused episode. Tonight, we're going to explore a funny phenomenon at IC. I would pass it and be like, what is that weird, like, corporation sign doing, like, in the middle of this cute neighborhood? Taking a bar crawl around town. It's like, is it bourbon? Or rum? Oh, it's yeah. gin. Go to the beach. And I believe it's seeing this fox that made him share that story. And celebrate our graduating seniors. I was able to make Ithaca my home, and that's something I will always be grateful for. But up first, let's hear what's going on in the Ithaca area with our community beat. A Gordon man recently pleaded guilty to vehicular manslaughter in the first degree along with two counts of driving while intoxicated and leaving the scene of an accident resulting in personal injury without reporting it. Jeffrey Skinner, 44, fatally injured 64-year-old Cornell professor Jerry Gavilton while driving under influence on May 3, 2020. Skinner will be facing a maximum sentence of 5 to 15 years in New York State Prison. Harmful algal blooms have made a regular appearance in Tompkins County over the summers, usually appearing in Cayuga Lake when it gets hot and humid. To prepare, the county has created a draft HAB strategy plan and is waiting on criticism from the community about its effectiveness and how it can be approved before this season. Comments will be accepted until the draft is finalized on May 28th, where it will then be sent to the Tompkins County Legislature and Tompkins County Water Resources Council for review. A man was attacked by two armed robbers in the 200 block of East Seneca Street on Thursday, one of them carrying what appeared to be a black semi-automatic handgun. The victim, however, fought off the robbers in a scuffle that took place after he refused to give them his property. The suspects left the scene on foot and were able to get away with some of the victim's keys. The suspects have been described as two men, one middle-aged and between 5'8 and 5'10, with hair tied back in a ponytail. The other, a black man around five foot nine. In Ithaca, over 70% of the community is made up of renters, and the threat of the affordable housing crisis is coming closer to the foreground. For the past decade, Ithaca rent has been on the rise, but the pandemic has made the issue clear. Movements like the Ithaca Tenants Union and the Solidarity Slate were established in 2020 and 2021, showing how much the community needs rent reform. Part of the problem is due to a disconnect between local, state, and federal governments. The first week of May was Lake Friendly Living Awareness Week, started by Seneca Lake Pure Waters Association with lake associations all across the region. This initiative reflects the importance of maintaining the health of the lakes which form the backbone of the Finger Lakes region, whether it be for drinking water, economic sustainability, or even their beauty. This year saw a range of virtual events for the week, which included discussions about the future of lake health and the role played by various businesses in it. Organizers of the week hope to take it in person next year. 
Real estate developer interest has sparked in College Town as the pandemic appears to be winding down. With large numbers of university students looking for apartments, several new development plans are in the progress. Planned for 228 Dryden Road, the Ruby is an apartment building with four floors above grade and a partially exposed basement level, with 40 market-rate student-oriented apartments. The site plan review submissions estimate a construction period from September 2021 to August 2022. For Hamadri Seth, I'm Emma Kirsting, WICB News. Ithaca College students walking downtown for the first time often stop to question the same thing the bright orange sign for the manufacturing company Therm. What does it do? Why here in this college neighborhood? Correspondent Phoebe Harms asked different students what they thought it was and why they took such a fascination to it. Every school has its own personal legends, or rather, inside jokes that only its students and staff find entertaining. Ithaca College is no exception to this. For instance, the myth that swimming in the on-campus fountains before graduation will prevent one from ever finishing school. Or the question of whether the sculpture located outside of Texter Hall is a weird-looking fish or just a giant ball. Even complaining about on-campus dining or the inconsistency of the TCAP bus are things that Ithaca College students can find unity in talking about. But the most mysterious of these college-wide myths isn't located at Ithaca College, but rather at the top of Hudson Street, just a few minutes from the entrance to the far side of campus. Right off the side of Hudson Street, at the end of a long driveway leading to a gated facility, is a big orange sign with capital block letters that spell a word with unexplainable significance. Therm. I think we just walked past it and it just stood out like a sore thumb because such a residential area. What is? What are these gigantic orange letters doing just sitting there? That was Sam Myers, class of 2017. Like many other students at Ithaca College, Sam noticed the therm sign each time she passed it walking up and down South Hill. Senior Carly Huff said the sign first stuck out to them just because of the sheer randomness of it. I would pass it and be like, what is that weird, like, corporation sign doing, like, in the middle of this cute neighborhood? And that's what Therm was to many. Just a big, bright, unexplainable sign that everyone knew of. But to many students, like senior Samantha Onderdonk, it became a symbol of other things as well. Therm would be when we knew we were close to campus, so we would always just get really excited to see it, because like it's a long walk uphill. And Sam agreed. It was like the, the marking the start of a night out. It just became like a symbol of like, you're about to have a fun time with your friends. And maybe because of this positive association with a night out or arriving on campus after a long walk, or maybe just because of the peculiarity of it, but the therm sign has become a phenomenon with IC students, particularly on social media. It's a tradition now for students to pose for photos with the sign, especially after weekends out, according to senior Nate Handelman. Yeah, I'd say I see it like pretty frequently posted like on social media after like a weekend of like partying, people will post pictures with the therm sign. Sam and her friends spearheaded this during their time at Ithaca, frequently posting photos with the sign paired with the hashtag thermpick whenever they passed by it. I have a Google Drive folder with pictures from like four years of 
of taking pictures on it. Sam even included the sign in a dance that she choreographed for the college's senior class pageant, in which every dance move was inspired by different aspects of Ithaca College nightlife. She included taking a photo with the therm sign as one of these, and had her own small version of the sign made, which she did show to me during our conversation. I went to the print shop, and I had this made. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> and let me know if it's mirrored for you, and I can I can flip my view. But no, it's perfect. I love how you had it right there. <laughs> so it's safe to say that the therm sign has become an integral part of the Ithaca College experience. But although most students would recognize the sign, very few of them actually know what it stands there for. Beyond the sign is a long driveway that leads to a huge building surrounded by gates. One can't actually see the entirety of the facility from standing next to the sign, and there's hardly any traffic going in and out of the gates. I think because it's so prominent, but it seems like no one ever like goes in or out of there. So it's like this big, like noticeable, like bright orange sign that everyone sees, but no one knows what it is. And although I'm sure people do, I've never actually seen people going in and out of the facility either. And when I decided to do a piece on Therm, I realized I had never actually figured out what it was. So I asked students if they had any idea. Like architecture or something? Airplane parts? It's like a pharmaceutical thing. It's like a manufacturing business for aerospace like parts and technology, I think. Either a soda thing or some sort of like thermodynamic company. I don't even know what that would entail. Military manufacturing. Maybe agriculture. I feel like it's, it's like an electronics plant of some kind. Some of them are kind of correct, I think. After reading the About Us tab on their website, I learned that Therm is a, quote, premier supplier of custom-machined critical components to the leading industrial companies of the world. They're a supplier of turbine components to all the major OEMs, specializing in LP and HP blades and vanes for aerospace and industrial gas turbines, end quote. This explanation was still slightly confusing to me, but in layman's terms, Therm is a world-class manufacturing group. Their work is diversified, but they specialize in manufacturing machine parts for turbo machinery, turbine engines, and rockets. They first organized in Ithaca back in 1935 with just over eight acres of land on South Hill, and have since expanded their space to 60,000 feet over the span of 50 acres. So the sign that students pass each day is only a very small aspect of what Therm actually is. Reading their website made me curious if Therm employees had any idea of the relationship college students had with their sign. After all, it would be fairly easy to go unnoticed within such a big operation. Joanne Finley, Therm's human resource manager, confirmed in an email that the phenomenon had not gone unnoticed. Quote, we have been aware of the attention that the IC students pay to our sign for quite some time. We don't understand it, but we find it kind of fun. Joanne also told me that they had seen the photos Sam Myers and her friends had taken on the therm sign in their caps and gowns on their graduation day, and that they were very happy to be a part of students' memories while they were at Ithaca. But I myself had the same curiosities as Joanne, 
Why do students have such a love for this sign? What makes it so special to them? Hannah Friedfertig, class of 2020, thinks the sign speaks to students' creativity. It's kitschy almost in a way, where it's in this town, it's literally right next to a college, a liberal arts college where there's a bunch of creatives. And it's this big sign in big blocky orange font. Most students, including Sam Myers, just think it's random. Have you ever been to Philadelphia? You know the love sign? Like you'd you'd see it and you like go and take a picture, you like stand with, like it has an element of, of that, but it's also just the most random thing. <laughs> like, why is it there? What does it mean? Why is it bright orange? Regardless of the answers to those questions, Therm has become an unexplainable symbol of unity among Ithaca College students, a sign that everyone can recognize and develop their own story for. If you'd like to see a collection of Therm signed photos, including those with students from this piece, we'll have them posted with this story on our website, wicb.org. For WICB News, I'm Phoebe Harms. This is Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm Lily Deerworth. Former news director Bridget Bright, along with many others, turned 21 over the course of the pandemic. That means no going out to party or to bars to celebrate. But Ithaca offers a lot of COVID-friendly outdoor experiences, so she took a belated bar crawl to take in the Ithaca bar experience. Ithaca is known for a handful of things. The beautiful nature, the impressive universities, the winter, and the food and drink culture. That's what I'll be talking about today, specifically the drink part. I decided to take some of my friends through a drink tour, a bar crawl, if you will, through Ithaca, New York, so we could learn about what the Ithaca drink culture has to offer. The first stop, South Hill Cider. The orchard was planted in 2014, but the tasting room only opened a year and a half ago, just months before COVID changed the industry. They instantly updated their layout, increasing outdoor seating that spread out across their property. It opened the business up as a prime spot for outdoor, socially distant drinking of all locally made drinks. South Hill Cider has about eight different house-made ciders on tap and even more by the bottle. If you've never been, it's Surprise on South Hill, overlooking farmland and the very orchard the apples in your cider come from. My friends and I split a couple flights to try their custom selection of ciders. The Farmhouse, Old Time, The Rosé, and Young Cider. Wait, what makes a drink dry? Like, it's obviously liquid. I know we've had this conversation before. It's just that it's not sweet. It's just not sweet? Dry means not sweet? Sweet and dry are the opposite ends of the spectrum, I think. I think because sweet, like, makes your mouth water and dry doesn't, so not dry. At this point in time, we finished up our drinks. What what do you think about uh, wildly fermented type of drinks? Um, you know... Something that's wildly fermented, I think I think it's a crowd pleaser, but I don't know if it's for me. I think that, that yeah, it'll satiate the masses, but I, I don't know if it's an individual uh, preference of mine. <laughs> Looked at a few dogs, 
yeah. rate every place we go to by uh, the dog cider. The dogs? Oh, oh yeah, so, that's so what it like Amazing dog spotting at South Hill Cider. And drove home to then walk to her next stop. Argos Inn and Bar. Argos is a place I've been a few times before, on a socially distanced first date around a fire, and catch-ups with old friends and frozen drinks. There is a selection of outdoor seating and enclosed seating, and there's even a couple big outdoor seating bubbles. They definitely have the most extensive drink menu. There is something for everyone, whether you want a custom cocktail or just a can of local beer. There was also some more dog watching at Argos. We sat and chatted for a while in our own little world in our individual seating area. Ooh, it like hit me in a second. That's pretty good. It's like, is it bourbon or rum? Oh, it's yeah. gin. It's like gin. 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 That's not what I expected. The first, yeah. like, second of the taste was so different than the rest of it. Yeah. And lost track of time. So we gulped down the rest of our cocktails and went to the next spot, the watershed. What what drink sounds crazy? Astoria. It's gin, dry vermouth, and orange bitters. Oh, it just sounds like it would, would from the like, like a drink. make my palate go crazy. The watershed is indoors, right next to the State Theater, overlooking State Street. I had been here before, but when I was 19 and ordered tea instead of a cocktail. That's one of the cool things about this stop on our tour. The watershed has an equal amount of sober and alcoholic options. And then you can leave a glass bottle if you want to sure. look at it, but it's not a good use. I do like looking at balls. <laughs> well then, this recovery? <laughs> Did y'all want to start a tab? And about halfway through our drinks, one of us noticed that in the wall, there were little holes that held little scrolls of paper. We pulled some out and realized that guests were allowed to write notes to leave for people to find later that day, or maybe even years later. What's that one uh, that's right by your ear that's like all the way pushed in? Did you read that one? Yeah. Always make the decision that opens more doors than closing doors. Oh, not that one, sorry. The one next to the one that's stuck out. Yeah. Oh, shit. From 2017? We're on our honeymoon, and there's so much magic here. It hurts. What? In a good way, like tears of joy. Then, suddenly, the day turned to dusk, and we realized that we had been out for hours, taking in the ambiance and, of course, the alcohol of the three places we visited that day. We decided to call it a night and to continue the tour on another day. Before we got to continue the crawl, I was invited back to South Hill Cider to tour the orchard. As I walked around, I got to hear the cidery version of Shop Talk as owner Steve Sellen guided four people trying to build up the cidery industry in Northern New York. You're at a, like a, a scale of different varieties and fruits and stuff that a lot of seems like beyond what almost anybody else is able to yeah, do. Yeah, like. and sometimes that is like 
it's the it's the like artist you know like musicians I'm sure you probably know musicians who are like phenomenal musicians but like they're not really making a living at it because they're not <laughs> focusing on making money right. yeah. they want to make great music yeah. Yeah. and they don't care about anything else and I'm in that middle middle zone where like I need to make this make money yeah. Yeah. because that's the only way to afford tractors yeah. you yeah. know what I mean yeah. but so that variety that diversity of ciders I make I, it really does hold the business back yeah like it's really fun and it's awesome and I enjoy it and I wouldn't do it any other way but like if the goal was to make this business make money I would not do that I learned more than I ever thought I would know about local cider apples are in the rose family so interesting I didn't know that yeah no coincidence there that it smells like rose exactly that's what I was thinking in fact sometimes like if you if you look at them when they're like getting ready to open like that they can really resemble I was there for almost two hours and I learned about how much goes into making cider some varieties smell better than others and this is the Bramley's again oh my god that's Bramley's no comparison So now it's four o'clock next Friday and my friends and I are ready to try more local drinks. We started at the bike bar. Can I get the double sour you were talking about? Yeah. This place is inspired by what you think it would be, bikes. There were literal bikes on the walls next to the art of bikes. Their menu was updated right as we sat down with a selection of cocktails and what they are known for, craft beer. Behind us was a group of friends celebrating a birthday, joking with the employees and ordering rounds of drinks. My friends and I stuck to one round. And this is the place you said is like really popular. On a whim, we decided to go to one last location to wrap up the tour, one where we could get food. Kilpatrick's. We've talked about them before on Ithaca Now. I can already feel the walls vibrating when I walk into Kilpatrick's. A mess of college students and young adults, some people I recognize and some that I don't, crowd every inch of hardwood floor from the bar to the stage, sheltered from the winter rain outside. Everyone's here for one thing and one thing only, karaoke. But today there was no karaoke just good food and drinks. Kilpatrick's, lovingly known as Kale Pats, is an Irish pub, so we went all out with pretzels, chips, and more, accompanied by drinks, of course. And to my surprise, none of us ordered Guinness. I decided to go out of my comfort zone for this last drink. I got a cocktail made with bourbon, my dad's favorite drink. But I was expecting to be more like my mom, who would say bourbon isn't her first pick. The drink I ordered was called the Purple People Eater. Yeah. Um, I want to try that. I don't want to try it. Peach, peach no, 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 it's, it's, it tastes hollow. It's weird. That, that's it what tastes that means. It's hollow. I yeah. want that. I'll be honest. I was surprised by how much I liked it. I could even say it was my favorite on the whole tour. And that was the end of the bar crawl. This might not be the analysis you hoped for, but I genuinely don't know if I had a favorite spot on the bar crawl. Every spot has something different to be excited about. At South Hill Cider, it was the fact that as you're drinking the cider, you're just feet away from where it was made. At Argos, it was the extensive menu. At the watershed, it's a place 
You can go with people you love, write down exactly how you feel in that moment, make memories, and then go back years later to see the same note you left then. At Bike Bar, the charm comes from the small size and passion for bikes and beer. And at Kilpatrick's, you'll feel like you've escaped Ithaca and went to a pub in Ireland. I guess what I'm saying here is you might just have to go on a local bar crawl of your own. And don't forget to drink water along the way. For WICB News, I'm Bridget Bright. You're listening to Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm Lily Deerworth. As the semester wraps up, the weather gets warmer, and more and more become vaccinated, a lot of people are looking to take some time off. Correspondent Jess Dresch takes us to the beach, exploring a special site. I'm standing on the boardwalk in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, a town that refers to itself as God Square Mile. It's on the sign as you enter. There's a line of people along a makeshift fence in front of the remnants of a building that burnt down a couple years ago. If you were running or biking by, you'd probably just think people were staring at the ocean. This was a number of restaurants until it became a restaurant, sort of a food court thing. It was very popular. It burned two years ago, almost to the date that she showed up. So I'd be inclined to name her Phoenix. Phoenix. She arose from the ashes. Yeah. For three weeks, people have gathered on the end of this New Jersey boardwalk to catch a glimpse of a family of red foxes. For a town with houses as close together as you can reach your arm out, this is an event. For the most part, on-land wildlife around here consists of fat squirrels or seagulls. It's safe to say the foxes have become the talk of the town. Even the local radio DJs talk about them on air. I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Mm. I came up here, got off the train, like you need this too, but I got got off the plane wearing a little white dress, arm sleeveless. My arms turned purple from the cold, and I spent the entire winter on my butt. That's Charlotte. She lives in the town and has been coming to see the foxes every day. She told me it's so much fun being retired. There's absolutely no adult supervision. And she'll, she'll come up here, run across, cross the dune, cross the boardwalk down here, up the way, and then she'll look back at everybody from, from that little patch of woods. So on Saturday or Sunday, there's tons of long lenses here. I, I saw a guy with a $13,000 Sony lens the other day. She's down there. She starts to come this way. They all figure she's going to make the same trip. So all the long lenses go and get down because they're going to get her coming across the boardwalk. She knows where there's a hole here. So she shot straight down under the boardwalk and was over here laughing at her. Wow. So she played all the photographers. She did. And right before I can ask Charlotte another question, we see the fox. At least one of them. Here she is. Oh, my God. Wow. Hi, Mama. Oh, my God. So that's the mama. Yeah, the mama and one baby. Wow. They should come out and play. She looks like a cartoon. The mama fox, as Charlotte calls her, is the first to come out from the fortress, or the old wooden floorboards. Trailing behind her, five pups, or baby foxes, come out to stretch and feed. They crowd under their mother's belly like little piglets. In the distance behind them, surfers walk along the beach, the sound of waves crashing. 
There's something magical about it, like a scene that's not really supposed to happen here, but it is anyways. We're just standing, whispering if we talk, and watching. I imagine it's like watching live golf, right before the tee shot. Before the foxes, it was just the burnt down beach cafeteria that sold everything from sushi to burritos. There have been a couple of um, really personal stories that people have told me talking, and I think she evokes that. Standing in front of the foxes, Charlotte met a man who told her he was adopted. He put an ad in the Jersey Journal newspaper, a paper Charlotte even used to work for, and hopes to find his birth mother. And actually, through someone at the hospital, was able to reconnect with his birth mother. And I believe it's seeing this fox that made him share that story. Red foxes, the foxes we're watching, have a lifespan of two to five years in the wild. Females deliver anywhere between one and 12 pups per litter. This fox in particular has six. They prefer to eat rodents, but eat birds as well. Charlotte told me she saw the pups nibbling on a seagull wing once. Both parents take care of the pups until the next fall, when they are left to forage and live on their own. As I'm nearing graduation, this feels personal. But where the foxes hunt to find a rabbit, the occasional possum, I'll be hunting for jobs. A less dangerous pursuit, but maybe more exhausting? It's calming, standing and watching the foxes trot around and sunbathe. It's like when a fuzzy baseball game is on in the background. There's not a feeling of what to do later or in an hour. You just watch because it's happening now. I've seen them over the last two weeks, probably about seven different times, but it's very hit and miss. This is David. He loves taking pictures of wildlife. He grew up in the woods. He's wearing pants with a gaping hole at the knee. He explains he wears his bad clothes for this kind of stuff because of all the tick spray he puts on. I tested out Charlotte's theory if the foxes maybe do elicit some emotional response. And it wasn't long until David told me a story about how he came to be a grandfather. My wife and I moved down to Florida about 16, 17 years ago to take care of my mother and father. My daughter had been told that uh, she was never going to have any babies. She'd had two tubular pregnancies. And uh, mom and dad passed away. And one Saturday night, I'm um, sitting on the couch with my wife watching TV and I look over and there's tears coming down on her face. I said, honey, what's the matter? She said, after all this time, I do realize I'm never going to be a grandmother. Two nights later, my daughter called us up, said she'd waited three months to be sure with the doctors and all, and she was pregnant. Moved back to New Jersey, and here I am. And like Charlotte pointed out, in a lot of ways, this fox is like a fairy tale. 60-some years of knowledge, I would have never expected foxes to be at the beach. There are going to be children who are going to remember that this was the year that the fox came to the beach. I don't know how much longer the foxes will be here, but just seeing them has been a respite from a stressful time in life right now. I imagine that's how most people feel, whether they come with a fancy camera or not. My entire life living in this small Methodist beach town, I have never seen a fox. Well, up until now. So there you go for new things in old places. And going forward, I'm hoping for a lot of that. For WICB News, I'm Jessica Dresch.
We'll be back in just a moment. To hear our daily newscast anywhere, anytime, head on over to your favorite podcast app and search WICB Presents the latest for a quick rundown of the day's news locally and beyond. Subscribe for a new update every weekday at 6 a.m. And while you're there, check out WICB's entire network of podcasts. WICB's podcast network includes album reviews. Simone's version opens with a reticent, down-tempo, a cappella vocal track that leaves the listener on the edge of their seat. Music theory. Da-da-da-da-da. That's also the notes of Got Me On My Knees. All Things The Great White Way. The melody of the song slowly but surely steps up. It's like her hopes and her dreams are like surging. Check out our latest episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor. Search WICB Presents. This is Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm Lily Deerworth. I am a senior student and I'm so grateful for all the people I've met from my experience with VIC Radio and WICB especially senior radio graduates. Correspondent Celine Tutar spoke to many of the graduating seniors of WICB News to give them a bit of a senior send-off. It's our last regular Ithaca Now episode for the season. And that's bittersweet. But for some of us, like myself, it's our last regular Ithaca Now ever. Senior year came to an end a lot quicker than expected. There's still so much more that I want to do in Ithaca, but I'm also excited to see what's next for me. But before I called it a day for WICB, I wanted to talk to some of the other seniors that we have in the station and learn a bit from their experiences and hear about their future plans, as well as what they thought about being a senior in a pandemic. So here's a few amazing friends and what they have to say. Being a senior during the pandemic, it was not, not fun. Basically, there was just all of the normal stress, the normal troubles of being a senior, uh, doubled, doubled by being remote and doing things over Zoom, and with practically none of the fun parts of college, the fun parts of senior year, none of the social life, none of wasn't fun. That was Sam, who took on the role of station manager this past year and excelled in it. Let's see what Vedant, our production director, has to say about the pandemic. Being a senior during the pandemic is definitely bittersweet because we were away from one another for two semesters and now we're back and then now we're going to have to say goodbye for reals this time. It just feels like a real whiplash effect, although I am very glad that I at least had the opportunity to see most, if not all, the seniors one last time. Next up, Laura, our talent coordinator. She highlighted some silver linings. Obviously, the pandemic was not ideal and it was difficult to adapt, but I was able to live on the commons for a little bit for a few months in an apartment and that was a really great experience and I learned a lot. Let's now hear from Bridget, our once news director and always contributor, and Skylar and Madeline, our seasoned reporters. They shared some of Laura's positive sentiments. I'd say that it's tough and weird, but I'm also a little bit thankful for it in a strange way because It made me appreciate what I had so, so much more than I think I ever would have. 
without the pandemic, it made me realize the people I was closest to and how much they meant to me. And I also was able to figure out that I can deal with big, huge changes and be able to cope with that and figure out my next steps and be okay through all of it. So I learned a lot, a lot about, I learned a lot about myself in that way. I definitely felt less interested in what I wanted to do. And I really struggled to motivate myself a lot of the time. And I definitely struggled with burnout uh, like everyone else. But, you know, at the same time, it taught me to make the most of things. And and I feel like I've done that. So it wasn't all bad. You know, there were some good sides, like learning who your friends really are and being able to spend time with the people that you're closest to because you're not trying to be in so many social circles. Um, So I think, you know, it's not the ideal situation, but I did the best I could with it. Being a senior in the pandemic has made me feel more akin to the town than to the school itself. I was able to make Ithaca my home and that's something I will always be grateful for. The host of our show about this, Jess, also had some good moments despite the pandemic. Being a senior in a pandemic was, with everything going on okay, I am really grateful that I just got to, you know, live with my parents and we get along and they live at the beach. So when there was nothing to do, I just walked on the boardwalk and yeah, it's, it hasn't been too bad. Um, and I'm excited to come back for Ithaca for in-person graduation. So that'll be like a nice closing. And Alex, another regular contributor to Ithaca Now and WICB, started to appreciate the smaller things. A lot of, I guess you could say, opportunities have been reduced uh, because of COVID-19, and I'm not, and I'm not downplaying the importance of COVID-19 by all means. Like, this is a pandemic, and we need to be very, very careful. But I don't know. Just seeing people, seeing people walk around on campus, it's just, uh, it's just something I've noticed, and it's something that. Honestly, I think we take for granted seeing people walking through campus saying hi and having that outside the classroom experience. The pandemic complicated our future plans, but some of us have a destination that they're heading to. I'm actually moving out. I got a job in West Virginia, so I'll be reporting for a TV station down there. And I'm hoping to make the most of it and continue learning and telling stories and Also staying in touch with, you know, all of my friends from senior year. Laura and Vedant are kind of on a similar boat too. As in, they at least know what they're doing in the fall. Ithaca College's LA program. Going to Los Angeles for the fall 2021 semester and then graduating in December and then hopefully entering the Los Angeles television market. I don't exactly know what I want to pursue in television, but regardless, I am very excited for what Los Angeles and the job market has in store for me. Hopefully I will get a good job after going to LA and I'll definitely be able to use what Ithaca has taught me as I move forward. And Alex is also one of those who kind of has an idea about what's to come. As for what to do next, um, I'm going to be heading home. I'm going to be earning some money and uh, keeping in touch with friends, definitely. Other than that, I'm not really sure. 
and Jess is not stressing too much on long-term plans just yet. She has other goals for the summer. For next steps and what I have planned after, I hope I get a job in radio or television production. I would love to keep telling stories and have that be a career. But next steps are this summer, I am going to make a lampshade. I bought a lamp and removed this old dingy lampshade and I'm gonna learn how to make my own lampshade and decorate it. And I'm gonna make my own hot sauce and I'm gonna go to the beach and I'm gonna hang out with people. And I just want this summer to be about seeing people that I haven't seen in a while. And for the rest of us, making plans in a pandemic became a bit difficult. Bridget puts it best. I'm still trying to figure out what is next for me. I think graduating in a pandemic is pretty complicated. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. And so I'm just taking my time to figure out where I want to go next, what I want the next few years of my life to look like and where I want to be for that. Um, and maybe that place is Ithaca. That it would be great if it was, but it might not be as well. So I'm still just trying to sort it all out. It's a weird, crazy time to be making a big decision in life. And Sam has time plotted for a well-deserved rest. I don't have too much planned. Really, all that I know is going to happen is I'm going to take a good week, two weeks off after graduation. I'm not going to do anything. Nothing. I'm just going to sit around. Nothing. After doing nothing, guess I'll get a job. Madeline is hopeful for what's to come. I hope to keep telling stories about local communities that matter and finding myself wherever I go, just as I've found myself here in Ithaca. For my final question, I asked what they appreciated the most about Ithaca. The answers were quite similar. I guess what I learned during my time in Ithaca is to get to know your community more and explore. There's a lot of interesting people and stories and businesses, and if you stay within the bubble of your friends, you're never really going to be able to see that. Um, so one thing I learned was to really get out there and get to know the community, and I've been able to see and tell some really cool stories through that. My time in Ithaca has offered many, many different pieces of information and lessons. Um, but if I had to pick one in general, it would have to be make do with what you have. Living in Ithaca for four years gave me the opportunity to slow down, relax, and just enjoy myself for the first time having grown up in a big city. In Ithaca, I learned that the community that you're from, where you call home, that's that's essential, that's important. That's not something that you can ever do away with. One thing Ithaca taught me was to just relax. <laughs> like, I think that's why I loved going to a, I guess just living in a place like Ithaca with the gorges and the farmer's market and nature and hiking. It's, it's easy to just get really inside your head with school and life, but, um, Ithaca just has so many places to go 
to just sit and watch and I really enjoyed that about Ithaca in general and some of my favorite parts of living in Ithaca were just getting to know people that lived there that weren't necessarily connected to Cornell or IC and I'm thinking of salsa nights at Agava on Wednesday nights that I lived for Wednesday nights and I became friends with people that also loved dancing salsa and sometimes we even met up at someone's house and had a pre-salsa dancing party and then went over to Agava and that was probably one of my favorite parts about being in Ithaca. Like that was just so special, that entire scene and really just loving amazing people that just loved getting together to dance and get better. Being in Ithaca has been a great experience. I've made so many friends. I've gone to some really cool restaurants, hiked some really awesome trails, and just had some really great experiences throughout the town, so that's been great. I am incredibly thankful for living in Ithaca because it taught me some very minute things like how to survive in the cold because I am a Florida man. And I actually did get to build my first snowman here in Ithaca, so I'm thankful for that. But. Jokes aside, Ithaca did teach me a lot about just learning to take risks and just trusting the process because initially I was a little adamant about coming from Florida to New York and I will admit that I got very homesick during my freshman year but then I made a ton of amazing friends and I found out during my time at WICB that my grandfather used to work in radio dramas and other radio works here and there and so doing WICB with that knowledge in hand was just a very cool experience. I have changed so much since the time I first stepped foot in Ithaca about four years ago. I think for the better, I hope for the better. Um, I've just learned so much about myself and how I view the world, how I want to be seen in the world, how I want to present myself to the world. And I've also learned a lot more about community that I was lacking, I think, before in the sense of I'm just so thankful to have lived in Ithaca for just the place, the location, the nature, but mostly the people. It's been an incredible place to live. I really, really love Ithaca and everything about it, even the horribly cold winters that everyone warned me about before I moved out here. Um, I just love it and it's been a great place to go to school. and. I really, really believe that it's a place that I can call home. And as for me, I suppose I didn't love being a senior during the pandemic. Sometimes I felt fine, sometimes I had cabin fever. And my plans for the future are quite similar to Sam's. I do have a few things in store, but first things first will be a whole week without doing anything. And as for what I appreciate the most about Ithaca, I agree with my friends. It is the community. And WICB. I loved being a part of the station, whether that be as the news managing director, like I was this past semester, or a newscaster, or a reporter for Ithaca Now. It just was a great experience. I loved Ithaca's nature. I loved the food. I loved the local shops. But more than anything, I loved the people. Graduation is two weeks away for Ithaca College students. Some will be walking to stage and some will be virtually joining in on Sunday, May 23rd. 
guests will not be able to attend, but those who want to view the ceremony will be able to do so through Zoom. Cornell University will also be adjusting their graduation ceremonies to the pandemic. Taking place a week after Ithaca College's Cornell student will walk the stage on multiple small ceremonies rather than a large one on the weekend of May 29th and 30th. Students will be allowed to bring in two guests according to a recent email by the school's president, Martha Pollock. And for the last time, for WICB News, I'm Celine Stash. And that's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org. And if you'd like to listen to past stories, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear full shows anywhere, anytime. Also, subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, follow WICB News on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Menard, WICB Station Manager, Sam Ives, Programming Director, Lou Barron, and News Social Media Coordinator, Gabriel Topping. Thank you. Ithaca Now is produced by News Director, Jay Bradley, with assistance from News Managing Director, Celine Tutar. And this week's correspondents, Bridget Bright, Jessica Dresch, Phoebe Harms, and a special thanks to all of our graduating seniors who've contributed to WICB and VIC News. All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at WICB.org. We will be back with a special best of episode of Ithaca Now for stories made this year so far at 7 p.m. next Sunday. I'm Lily Jirworth, and thank you for listening to Ithaca Now on WICB.